Before the service started, I talked to a few people, mostly younger people, and by younger, I'm, I'm old, so everybody's younger than I am, but when I say younger people, I mean under the age of 18. And I asked them a common question that you ask at Christmas time, which is, what do you want for Christmas? And I got various answers. And then I asked the more important question, which was, do you think you're going to get it? Because you can want whatever you want. I want a gajillion dollars. I want this. I want that. But that doesn't mean you're going to get it. So tonight, uh, I'm not going to talk about Mary and Joseph. We've read about that. I'm not going to talk about the shepherds. I'm not going to talk about the wise men. Most of the Christmas messages that you hear will zero in on some or all of those people. But tonight, um, I wanted to talk to you about the greatest Christmas gift of all. And we're going to draw from Luke chapter 2, but a little bit later than what we read already from verses 25 to 35. Everybody can remember the greatest Christmas gift they've ever received. Probably when you were young, they've even made that movie, A Christmas Story, where the kid wants the BB gun. You'll shoot your eye out. Everybody knows that movie, right? I love that movie. I, I watch it all the time. I've never wanted a BB gun, though. The funny story is, my father, who is about the age that boy would be when the movie time was, he had a Red Ryder BB gun, just like that. We still have it at our house. But when I was a little boy, 500 years ago, I dreamed of what I thought would be my greatest Christmas gift. I longed for this. Every time I woke up, I would say to my parents, I want it, I want it, I want it. And before I'd go to bed at night when they'd tuck me in, I would say, I want it, I want it, I want it. Now for those of you who are under the age of 50, you probably won't know what this is, but I'm going to tell you what my most longed for Christmas gift was. It was a toy called Hands Up Harry. Hands up, Harry. Now, I had to find this picture on the internet because, like I said, it was 500 years ago when I was five. But this is Hands Up, Harry. Now, what is Hands Up, Harry? Hands Up, Harry was a toy that you were given this sort of plastic gun with suction cup darts on it. And what you would do is... Hands Up Harry, you would stand maybe two or three meters away from Hands Up Harry, and he would stand opposite you, and you would have a duel. So you'd raise your gun, and you would first of all try and shoot him in the hat. Hit him in the hat. Because when you hit him in the hat, this is long before, you know, robotics or any of that. There were all these mechanical gears and things in his back. So if you hit him in the hat, his hat would fall off, and his arms would go up like this with his two little guns in his hand like he was going to fire back at you. So then you'd reload the dart gun and you'd shoot the two guns out of his hands. And the last thing was, once you shot the two guns out of his hands, you see he's got this really fancy belt buckle. 
what you would do, the last thing is you would shoot and try and hit him in the belt buckle. And if you hit him in the belt buckle, his pants would fall down and it would reveal this red striped underwear that he was wearing. And that was my most longed for Christmas gift. And believe it or not, my parents actually bought it for me. And so I played with it and played with it and played with it. Sometimes I played like it was supposed to be played with. Sometimes he was the hockey goalie when I would play hockey in the basement. But that was my most longed for gift. I thought I was over the moon when I ripped the box or the wrapping paper off the box and I found hands up Harry. That to me was bliss. But there's a guy in the Bible who longed for a gift from God. And that guy's name is Simeon. And that's the guy that we want to talk about tonight. So Simeon's gift from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. Simeon is a guy that is mentioned nowhere else in the Bible. We don't know why he's here, but this is a very important part about Jesus' birth. So just to set the stage, Jesus was born in the manger. The shepherds came to visit, and, um, you know, everything went smoothly there. But according to the law, what had to happen next was eight days later, Jesus had to be circumcised, and then 33 days after that, they had to go to the temple to offer sacrifices. And that was the standard uh, religious law pattern for uh, Jews. And so when we come to Luke chapter 2, verses 25 and following, Mary and Joseph have come to Jerusalem because they are taking Jesus to be obedient to the law and make the required sacrifices. And this is where we pick up the story, starting at verse 25. Here's what it says. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem, that's all we know, whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. He loved God. He worshipped God. He wanted to follow after God. And it says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Did you notice in one of our songs, our, our Christmas carols tonight, he talked, talked about Jesus being the consolation? That's the verse where this comes from. Simeon was waiting for God to save his people. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. He was in a place where he was in such good communion with God that God made clear something to him. And verse 26 tells us exactly what it is. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon wasn't longing for a hands-up Harry. Simeon was longing for the Christ. He was longing for 
the one who would bring salvation, the one who would bring consolation. And God made him a promise. And the promise that God made to him was, you will see the consolation of Israel before you pass away. So Simeon was longing for this gift. Remember we said, all this is going on. Joseph and Mary are bringing Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem so that they can fulfill the law requirements of the sacrifices for when a child is born. And so beginning at verse 27, God keeps his promise that he made to Simeon, that you would see the Lord's Christ before you pass away. And here's what verse 27 says. And he, talking about Simeon, came in the spirit into the temple. Now, if you've never been to Jerusalem or if you've never seen diagrams or pictures of the temple area, the temple itself is, the, is where the priests go in. So they have to go into the holy place to offer sacrifices. And then once a year, they go into the holy of holies. But the temple area, and this is what our verse is talking about, is a massive place. They call it the temple courtyards. Football fields, big, huge. And so you could go into that temple area and there could be thousands of people there. And it would be very difficult for you. It it would be like me saying to you, um, I'll meet you at the CNE. Where am I going to meet you at the CNE? Well, I'll just be there. You, you find me. It'll be okay. And yet, when Simeon goes to the temple area, there are people milling around all over the place. It's a huge area. But he came in the spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, They found each other. This is not an accident. This is not a mistake. This is not a coincidence. This is something that God ordained, guiding him by his spirit to come and find the parents of Jesus. I remember how I felt when I ripped open the wrapping and I saw the hands up Harry. But that is nothing compared to what Simeon felt, verse 26 says, or sorry, verse 28 says, and he took him, meaning Jesus, up in his arms, and he blessed God, because this is what he wanted to say. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, According to you, your word, you kept your promise to me. I have seen with my own eyes. I know that what you promised me is true. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. You notice tonight that we had our scripture reading. It was not in English. First, it was in Tagalog, 
and then it was in Spanish. Why? Because when Jesus came, he came to bring salvation for all. He was looking for the consolation of Israel. And Israel is going to be consoled. He does mention in verse 32 that Jesus has come for the glory of his people Israel. And yes, Jesus was born into a Jewish family. But Jesus also came to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus came to bring salvation to all peoples. Doesn't matter what passport you have, doesn't matter where you're born, doesn't matter where you've immigrated to. Jesus came to bring salvation if you believe in him. Verse 33 tells us how Mary and Joseph responded to this. In typical Lucan fashion, he says, he describes it this way. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. They were surprised. They were astonished that this random man that they had never met before would come and speak to them and tell them about how God had promised salvation he would see God's salvation before he passed away. And they were shocked and surprised, but also thrilled. And it would be great if Simeon stopped there, but he doesn't. And so starting in verse 34, he says this, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Jesus came to bring salvation, but even Simeon, as he spoke to Mary, God had shown him something further, that when Jesus came, not everybody was going to like him. Not everybody was going to approve of what he wanted to do and why he came. And we know as we read through the rest of the Gospels, the opposition and the anger and the hatred that Jesus experienced because he was willing to come and to speak truth to those who were corrupt and to those who were opposed to God's plan that he had revealed through Jesus. So if I could summarize what Simeon is really saying here is, when you see Jesus, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision about how you are going to respond when you are confronted with Jesus. So I want to close by asking you a very simple question. This is Christmas Eve. We've been singing some wonderful carols about Christmas and Jesus. 
We've just looked at Simeon who held in his arms the Savior of the world, received the greatest Christmas gift he could ever receive. So I'm asking you on Christmas Eve, how are you going to respond to God's gift of Jesus? What are you going to do about him? Yes, Christmas is good with lots of delicious food to enjoy and gifts to exchange and family time. But you're here tonight and you're hearing from God's word. And so I ask you, make a decision. Jesus came to bring salvation to all people who would believe in him. We know from reading through the rest of the gospel, Jesus lived a sinless life so that he could die on the cross to pay for your sin and for my sin. And because of his willingness to do that, the Father raised him from the dead three days later, and he is now sitting at God's right hand as our advocate and as our king. So I simply want to ask you, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? He is the greatest Christmas gift you could ever receive. All you have to do is believe in him by faith. Give your life to him. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. You can say, I don't want him. I don't need him. But he is King of kings and Lord of lords. If you've given your life to him already, you've already received the greatest Christmas gift that you can receive. Now is your opportunity to say thank you by continuing to show that you love him and that he is your Lord and King. So at this Christmas time, as we think about gifts and we think about family, don't forget the greatest Christmas gift of all. Jesus came to be the savior of all nations, to a light to the Gentiles and to glory and consolation for his people Israel. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that Jesus came, born in a manger, born humbly, born to parents who didn't have much money, the sacrifice that they gave was the, the secondary sacrifice because they didn't have enough money to give the regular sacrifice. And there's an exception in the law that allows them to give the secondary sacrifice if you're poor. So out of these humble beginnings, Jesus comes to live a perfect life so that he can die on the cross for our sins and be the Christ that you had predicted so long ago. We thank you for his coming. We thank you for his work on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. I pray that anyone who is listening, either here at Arendelle or watching online, that if they don't know Jesus and they haven't received this gift, that today would be the day when they would come to know Jesus as their King of Kings and Lord of Lords and give their life to him. Thank you for this Christmas time. Thank you for Simeon and for putting the words in his mouth to speak truth, not only to 
uh, Joseph and Mary, but to us 2,000 years later. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.